1: This is PAX What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the PAX What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Perry Goldstein, and I'm joined today, not as always, but I think you're reoccurring enough to have a friendly face here. It's Andy Herman of Packaday podcast crew, the podfather, if you will, as people know you. Uh, How's it going, Andy?
2: It's going great. Thanks so much for having me. I have uh, big shoes to fill. I'm trying my best to fill in for Maggie today, which is never an easy task. So just trying to do my 111th and do the best that I can and just get 1% better as this episode goes along.
1: <laughs> well, I think you are going to do more than just your 111. This is going to be very fun and you and I are old pros of doing this together right. at, at this point. So True story. Um, but I've I've had you on the show with the unenviable task of trying to preview in some positive light. Actually, it doesn't need to be positive at all. Just in some analytic, objective light, this Packers-Eagles matchup. Now, I think going into this season, um, Sunday Night Football, great. We love Packers on primetime. As the season rolled along, at least at the beginning, we thought, hey, this is going to be fun. The Eagles are looking like a really good team. We love this. And then all of a sudden the Packers have tanked and the Eagles are rolling at nine and one uh, and look like they are the NFC Super Bowl favorites. So this is not going to be nearly as fun as I think we anticipated, but. um,
2: That's the story of the 2022 Packers season, not nearly as fun as we uh, originally anticipated. That is the tagline for the Packers season.
1: It is, isn't it? So. We're going into this. It's We're, we're recording early because it's Thanksgiving week. Everything's super wonky. I um, haven't exactly seen an injury report yet, but assuming everything is fairly status quo, um, Rodgers did go on the Pat McAfee show today to talk about his thumb a little bit. Sounds like, I think they're downplaying it. Um, maybe it's for PR, maybe it's not. But Packers are what the Packers are, and they have to go to Philadelphia. So how do they... I think the question at this point, right, is not how do they win. How do they stay competitive?
2: Well, I think if they, if you're looking for good news, if you're looking for a positive sign, the Eagles the last two weeks have looked human for the first time. They lose to the the Commanders in Philadelphia, uh, 32 to 21, and the Commanders really took it to them, uh, running the football and really you know used the ball control offense. The Indianapolis Colts right there probably should have won that game and it's not like yeah. the Colts are this you know juggernaut team either. Um, you know Colts really struggling in the same vein as the Packers had been. Now, obviously they make the head coaching move and uh, they had won their game previously, but that's a game Indianapolis probably should have won as well. So um, there's there's signs of weakness for the Eagles for really the first time. and the way that they've been vulnerable has been teams running the football on them. And we know that's the way that Green Bay has actually an opportunity to beat teams. We saw the formula against the Dallas Cowboys, a team that after this week against the Vikings and after Green Bay's game against the Titans is even more dumbfounding that the Packers were somehow able to win that game. But they did because they finally followed the formula that we all expected them to follow really from week one of the season. And it just never developed that way. So I think if you do have the opportunity to use a ball control offense, to feed Aaron Jones, all the things we've been talking about since preseason week one training camp, et cetera. Um, I think green Bay actually has, you know, an opportunity to at least make this competitive and make Philadelphia sweat a little bit. So, you know, green Bay finally, finally, finally actually got a rest. Uh, this is a team that has been massively tired and traveling all over since the ga- the, the game in London. And they finally got a little bit of rest following that Titans game. So maybe they come out a little bit more energized. Maybe they actually follow the game plan that they should have probably been following all season long. And if they do that, there's a chance in this thing. On the downside, Philly's really freaking good. And you have two teams that are just on two totally different wavelengths right now. Philly added Indomitian Sue and Linval Joseph. Joseph looked really good in his first game back uh, to buoy that defensive line that showed some of those weaknesses, right? So um, they're trying to, you know, get reinforcements in. They had already traded for Robert Quinn. Uh, This is a a very, very good football team that, as you mentioned, is probably the Super Bowl favorite right now in the Bay. Just received like their eighth dagger to the heart on the season, and um, are, are trying to fight, you know, figure out a way to to turn this thing around. So it's going to be tough, but there's at least a, a game plan out there that Green Bay can follow to try to make this thing competitive.
1: Yeah, I think it it's kind of fun. The Packers are now that team that can play spoiler, and they're act they're a team that I think opponents fear of being spoiler. We saw it with the Cowboys, right? Like they. They still have Aaron Rodgers. They have offensive weapons. So it shouldn't be uh, seen as an easy gimme game, even though they've been kind of losing these games. But I completely agree with you. You know, the Eagles lost Jordan Davis. He's been on IR. And I think ever since then, that front has just not been as stout. Now, yes, they did do what they need to do. And they grabbed two guys who and Suh is a – Familiar face, wouldn't call him a friendly face, but definitely a familiar face. And uh, I'm imagining some jarring with Aaron Rodgers is going to ensue on Sunday night, but um, they... Are pretty healthy otherwise, all across the board. Darius Slay has been playing, uh, another familiar face here, um, has been playing really well. CJ Gardner Johnson, who they grabbed this offseason, also thriving in this secondary. So this is a very, very good defense that's not really going to give the Packers too many gimmies. They actually think until the Washington game had only three turnovers and then Washington, they turned the ball over another three times to Washington. So like their turnover differential has been great. Just like a really clean, clean team. Now it's a good thing, right? That the Packers are able to, that's a strength, run the ball, <laughs> Do I think that they're going to be able to do it effectively against this defense in order to keep themselves in this game? That's to be seen, right? They were able to do against the Cowboys. They tried to do the exact same thing against the Titans and it didn't work, right? That Titans front was able to stop them and they really couldn't get anything going. So I'm not feeling great about this offense because again, if the front can stop the run, you know the guys in the back end are going to be able to go toe-to-toe with the receivers. There's nobody really that um, is going to strike fear into their hearts. Maybe Christian Watson is going to have you know, another building block game for himself, but they have the guys to kind of man up the Packers receivers. Like You're looking at him and maybe Randall Cobb. Okay, C.J. Gardner-Johnson is going to be all over him in the slot, and then who else is gonna strike fear into them, right? Like Lazard, Sammy Watkins? No, we've talked about this. So I think they're like pretty well equipped to really shut down this offense unless Matt LaFleur can get a little creative.
2: You ready?
0: Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy.
2: What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! And really, this entire Eagles team will punch you in the mouth. And this is not a Packers team that likes getting punched in the mouth. And we've seen that over and over. All you have to do is go back to the Jets game and and Robert Sala's comments after the game of, you know, all we had to do is keep leaning on this team, leaning on this team. And they're, you know, eventually they're going to break. And we've seen that on more than one occasion. And the Titans game was just another example of that. So this is not a team, you know, I think a couple of years ago ago uh, philly came into green bay and obviously different teams different seasons but that was obviously a really good packers team and philly comes into green bay it was a primetime game and philly wins in green bay and that was a, yeah. a far worse eagles team and a far better packers team and you know sometimes styles make fights and these are two contrasting styles and this is a style that has given the packers problems in the past now add into this losing six times in seven weeks a team that's feeling the weight of the world on their shoulders. And yeah, I would think if you're Philly, you're going to feel pretty good that if you keep punching this team in the face, at some point, they're probably going to bleed. At some point, they're probably going to break. So Green Bay is going to have to, again, they, they get the rest coming off the bye. That's going to be super important, but yeah, for, for Philly, I'm, I'm with you. I think this defense is going to look at the Packers offense. That Christian Watson's gotten people's attention now, right? So this is not, you know, the, the Cowboys game, it's, it's at some point you can kind of chalk up to, All right, well, this rookie who hadn't done anything all season, you know, all of a sudden went nuts and had three touchdowns, um, including a deep ball that Green Bay had basically not been able to hit all season long. Dallas kind of followed the blueprint defensively that every other team used. And actually, that's their like, that's the way they like to play. Green Bay just happened to hit on some of those explosives for the first time all season. And so it'll be up to Philadelphia to make sure that they don't give up those explosives. And I'm sure green Bay is going to obviously try to hit those to Watson again, but he, the, the the bad news is that he's on people's radar now and not just going to take anyone by surprise. The good news is that even against uh, the Titans this past week, He's starting to take defenders with him down the field, and that's opening up some of those passes under the middle. We saw uh, Watkins, we saw Lazard, we saw Cobb all running open in the middle of the field at different times in that game. They didn't always convert on it, unfortunately, but we saw open receivers in the middle of the field, which has been something we haven't seen a ton of throughout the course of the season. So Watson's definitely playing a part in that, and that's going to have to be a a huge key to this game as well.
1: Yeah, and I I mean, obviously it's going to also – Kind of rest on whether Aaron Rodgers hits those guys, sees them first of all, and then hits them if they're open. But that does help. help. I know, but I I think to your point, right? Like Christian Watson has put people on notice. I actually saw today that that MGM has him at number four for rookie of the year. Um, I know, which I find very fascinating. Um, or maybe it was offensive rookie of the year, but either way, like he's on people's radars, but at the same time, you saw him make some pretty nice contested catches as well. So even when guys are all up on him, even if the Eagles decide to man up on him, there is a shot. And and I hope Aaron Rodgers, if he sees the opportunity, takes it, that he sends him those 50, 50 balls, knowing that this dude with his size can actually bring them down. They're going to have to, I think at this point in the season, like, right. We think they have a blueprint. They don't really have a blueprint because it's been incredibly inconsistent. Right. So I think just take the opportunities when you see them again, this is a, you have nothing else to lose type of deal. So throw the 50, 50 ball to Christian Watson, right. See if he can come down with it. Trust your guys like Cobb and Lazard and Robert Tunyon to make the plays, you know, they can, and then run the running backs and see if you can test this defensive front. That's all I got.
2: So, hot hot take alert uh, alert here. Um, what what happened? What we're seeing with Christian Watson is he's actually getting open on plays that aren't where he's not been targeted, and and hopefully what happens eventually is Rogers s- starts making him the primary target. Right? This isn't that dissimilar to when the Packers had Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams. Nelson was the receiver he trusted. Adams was the receiver in year three that was starting to get, I think it was year three, um, my my timeline might be a little bit off here, but I think it was year three, um, where he was getting open consistently. And I would be watching film and I'd be like, Devante's wide open, Devante's wide open, Devante's wide open. And the first read every time was to Jordy, because that's his guy. There's a, This is my hot take now. There's a part of me that kind of wonders if the reason they moved on from Jordy is to be like, he's got to, he's got to look at Adams because Adams is open on every single play. And would have you ever developed that chemistry with Adams and ever started looking his way? Roger's a little bit slow to start going in the direction of some of his younger players and he really likes when he's got a guy that he trusts unequivocally. So if you've got a Randall Cobb and an Alan Lazard and a Christian Watson on the field at the same time, Roger sometimes has a propensity to look towards Cobb and Lazard because he trusts them. And to somewhat understandably so because, Watson's a bit of a roller coaster right now. You don't know what you're specifically going to get on any given play, and you will see some of those rookie mistakes pop up from time to time as well. Um, that being said, this is the exact guy with the exact skill set that this offense needs at, th- at this exact time. And um, Rogers is going to have to start looking his way more. And you know what? There's going to be some plays where he's throwing Watson deep and it falls incomplete. Watson maybe didn't locate the ball, maybe it bounced off Watson's hands. That's okay those home run shots specifically to Watson are paying off already and will continue to pay off if you continue to take them. And clearly it doesn't have to just be home run shots as well. But um, the hope is when Rogers goes back and watches the tape from this past week, he's going to see, okay, Watson's getting open a lot. It's time to start making him the primary read more, even if there's times where I don't necessarily go his way. I brought this up uh, a few weeks ago with Romeo Dobbs as well. I would almost like to see, if, if Lazard and Cobb have that level of trust, read your rookie guy first, because then you can keep eyes on him, right? Yeah. And if he immediately wins, awesome, take the shot. And if he's not, or if he's doing something wrong, or if he's cutting the, ro- the route at the wrong angle, all right, fine. Now you can have faith and trust in the guys that you're not looking at in Cobb and Lazard, because you know what they're going to do. They probably are going to be at the right depth and the right route, seeing the same things and being in the same spot that you're anticipating them to be. So make Watson route number one. And then if you need to come back, you know, (laughs) excuse me, you know, where Cobb and Lazard are going to be. So I'm just hoping that he starts uh, making Watson a a bit more of a primary read now that we've seen these past couple of weeks from him.
1: Well, I think with the depth here, like why shouldn't you Right at at this point? It's, it's not, again, like you're looking at this team very differently. If you have Devonta Adams still on this roster, right? Because that's your number one. And maybe Christian Watson is your number two right now. You got to let this dude who you just drafted, who you want to be your number one, develop into that. So, you know, maybe at this point you're thinking, well, let's treat him like that and see how he if he I want to say how he because I think he will like rise to the occasion. And then you're right. You have Lazard and Cobb who, in a bit of a scramble or if they're your second and third read, are more often than not going to be in the right place and potentially are going to be open. And so if Christian's not, then you go there. Um, I do like that a lot.